It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all away. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! It's the Orange do it again. The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. So alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Dun Tire. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, and we want to hear from you. Just one guest lined up for you today. Uh, Patrick Beeline, Lemoyne head basketball coach, set to join us at 1245, as he does every Friday. But other than that, we are wide open. We want to take your calls on SU basketball. And we're talking big picture stuff today. I mean, certainly we can talk... A little bit about Syracuse Pitt tomorrow. Uh, This is a game, frankly, that I don't think we need to spend too much time on, Seth. We just saw the Panthers a week and a half ago. They are not good. Syracuse didn't even play all that well uh, in that game and won by 14 points. No, and Steve, it's very simple. There's one thing to say about the game tomorrow. Syracuse has to win. Right? Like, it's that simple. Win. I think if you're if you're Syracuse, well, an SU fan, you almost prefer that that Pitt had beaten NC State the other night to kind of get your guys' attention. Um, the Panthers are zero and eight. They should have won that game against NC State. They led the entire way. They led by double digits much of the way, and then just right. kicked it away down the stretch. And you know when you're when you're bad, you're bad. You're bad. And they 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 just could not make plays. And they're they're very young and inexperienced. You got to learn how to win. Uh, and they have yet to learn how to win. And if you're an SU fan, you hope that they don't learn how to win tomorrow. And it's you hope that your guys take this game yeah. seriously and that you don't overlook what is, again, Pitt is not good. I mean, there, there's just there's no way around it. You still got to go out. You still got to take care of business. It's a road game. It is a tough place to play. It can be a tough place to play. I don't know if it will be that, this year. That's what I was going to say. It'll be interesting to see how the two teams come out, specifically Syracuse, because nobody's going. Right, nobody's been going to the Peterson Event Center, so uh, this is probably one of those games where you have to manufacture your own energy. And, and to a different point, and, and you were there the other night. I, I think that Syracuse kind of, sort of had to do that at the beginning of the game the other night, and um, you know, like they did relatively quickly. And you saw O'Shea Brissett, and you saw Tyus Battle like pumping up the crowd. And, and I know it's different because there were twenty something thousand people there, um, or at least it was announced as that. But at the beginning, it was a pretty thin crowd, and and. They had to bring their own energy, and I think tomorrow is going to be a lot like a, a lot uh, similar to that. Syracuse goes out and takes care of business against Pitt and Georgia Tech. They're not going to have to uh, manufacture any energy when they come home for Virginia. I mean, that will be the first legit huge crowd of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Syracuse and Virginia kind of developing a a rivalry here uh, on the fly, given the the close games that they played in recent years, and given SU's success, obviously, in the Elite Eight, and then knocking them off uh, in the Dome last year. So Syracuse on the road for two. Both these games are games Syracuse should win. They're going to be favored against Pitt. Probably be favored against Georgia Tech. I know it's a road game, but... They're not very good either. They're not very good either. Um, More than likely, SU will be favored, or at least to be a toss-up game. And then Syracuse comes back home for the start of, of February, and, and as we all know, the month of February gets gets very difficult. So the question to, to start the show today, it's how we ended the show yesterday, and again, big picture stuff. Is SU an NCAA tournament team? Like, if push comes to shove, like, do you think this team is going to the NCAA tournament? And I realize it's not an easy question to answer, and we can talk, we have time, we have time to talk our way through it today. But that's the question. Again, we want to hear from you at 315 
437-7644. So, Seth, you get first crack at it. Is this an NCAA tournament team? Wednesday night's team is. Wednesday night's team is absolutely uh, a tournament team. The way that that team played on Wednesday night against Boston College, uh, they are good enough to make the NCAA tournament. I, I've said uh, since the non-conference, and, and I know that they were playing some some weaker competition, and, and we've seen that this morning as, as we ran through the numbers, uh, but I, I think this is a tournament team. I, I think they're good enough. I, th- I think that when all is said and done, they will be good enough to nab one of those 39 non-con- uh, non-automatic bids. I mean, there's so many teams out there that need to make it, um, and we were looking and, and jotting down some numbers for some of these uh, other bubble teams, and, and um, Syracuse doesn't have a bad loss on their ledger yet. They don't have a good win yet either, but they really don't have a bad loss, and they're going to have a lot of opportunities for, for good wins. They're going to have a lot of chances at home for good wins, which will make it even easier. And I think that if you get these two wins uh, in in these ne- in this next week, Pitt and Georgia Tech, then you have four wins away from the Dome. You pick up another one in Boston College, maybe later in the year. Uh, you're going to have five. That'll 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 be solid, right? And uh, how many times have we said, and, and we said it even this week, they need to get to a number that's comfortable so that they're not nitpicked on those wins that aren't in the Dome. So even if they aren't against great teams, even if it is UConn, Georgetown, Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Boston College, Boston College, by the way, would be Category 1, uh, a Quadrant 1 win if that were on the road today. Um, but I think that if they get up to five, nobody's nitpicking those games. They're going to say, okay, fine, they can win away from the Dome. We've seen that. We've proven that. Um, they're going to have chances for wins. And I think, like, I think they're in a very good position right now in that they don't have that bad loss. They don't have many more opportunities for a bad loss, and they have a lot of opportunities to pick up that signature win. I think that question, is this an NCAA tournament team, I, I think you have to look at it in two ways. I think, number one, you have to look at it as, do they pass the eye test? Does it look like an NCAA tournament team? And then the other one is, do they pass the numbers test? And and that's what you're referring to with the, the metrics and the resume and the quadrant one and, and so on and so forth. We'll get to the numbers in a second. But the first part of that, do they look like an NCAA tournament team? They did on and, Wednesday. And, and that that's the point, is that some days they do and some days they don't. Against Notre Dame, no. And that was a game inside the Carrier Dome. Against Wake Forest, again, a team they, they should have beaten, and they let that one get away at, at the end. Against Boston College at home, absolutely. I mean, that was an NCAA tournament team. They were shooting the ball well. They were defending well. They really did... Everything well in that game. They rebounded aside from the first five minutes. They got out on on shooters. Uh, offensively, it was the, the best we've seen them play really all season for 40 minutes. Five guys were in double figures. Everybody doing their job. That was an NCAA tournament team on Wednesday. But I guess that's the point is that they have been inconsistent. You can expect inconsistencies with a young team, and we know that this is a young team. I think when you look at the metrics, though, and you look at the numbers, I think you feel better about their chances. You know, you yeah, mentioned oh, that, absolutely. That, I, I mean, we can go back and forth on the eye test, right? Like, as you mentioned, they didn't look good against Notre Dame. They didn't look great uh, against Wake Forest. They didn't look good in the Bonaventure game. They didn't look great for, you know, much of these games that they've won. They didn't look good for the majority of those games, right? They, they looked terrible for the first half against Florida State. Um, you can go back and forth on that, but based on the numbers, like they'll have a very good and very compelling case. So you mentioned Quadrant 1 and, and so on and so forth. So just for, for people at home that don't have the numbers in front of them, the NCAA 
tournament committee has has changed the way that they're evaluating wins and losses this season. So they're they're placing an emphasis or more of an emphasis, I guess I should say, on where the game is played. So no longer is it, do you have any top 50 wins? It depends on where the game is played. So games are divided up into four quadrants. Quadrant one, those are the quality wins. If you beat a team with an RPI in the top 30 at home, RPI top 50 at a neutral site, or RPI top 75 if it's an away game. So you brought up Boston College. Right now, Boston College's RPI is 66. So right now, that would be a quality win. If Syracuse were to go to Boston College, if that number stays in the top 75, that would be considered a quality win. We should also note that they're now using RPI, Ken Palm, and strength of record. They're uh, using a mixture of the yes. three metrics They're opposed using, to just the one. I've got I've got an example of the the team sheet air quotes in front of me. They've got um they've got Kempom, they've got RPI, they've got strength of record, which I find really interesting. And then they also have an average score of those three. Right. They blend them together. So this is no longer the RPI, which can be manipulated. It it takes into account several metrics. And it gives you, hopefully, I think the idea is it gives you a better idea of where these teams stack up, you know, from from one to to three hundred plus. So I laid out quadrant one again. Quadrant two: if you beat a team between RPIs thirty one to seventy five at home, that's a quadrant two win. Neutral site RPI fifty one to hundred, and in an away game RPI seventy six to one thirty five. Those are all considered quadrant two, and it goes on from there. So when you look at SU's resume, SU is one in three. Against Quadrant 1 opponents, the one win being Buffalo. Buffalo is at, what, at 28 right now, you said, In Seth? the RPI, yes. RPI 28. So that's the one quality win. The losses, Kansas, Florida State, and Virginia all fall within Quadrant 1. The Quadrant 2 games that SU has played. Just, just to point one thing out, where these metrics differ, Kempom right now has Buffalo at 74. So... Yeah, by one metric, they're all the way up. But, uh, you know, so so it will be interesting to see exactly how they use these metrics. And that's what I'm most curious to see. Like, how exactly do they measure, now that you've shifted the goalposts on what's a quality win and what's a bad loss, you've also changed the metrics you're using. So how do you decide what team fits where? Bottom line is, I don't think you can count on Buffalo being a quadrant no, one win. you can't. So, as of right now, that's where it stands. More than likely, that is going to fall into quadrant two. So, you, the bottom line is, you need a couple of quality wins if you're Syracuse. But as yes. it stands right now, one and three in the quadrant one, four and three in quadrant two, the victories being over Maryland, UConn at the neutral site, Boston College and Toledo, the losses being against St. Bonaventure, Notre Dame, Wake Forest. As you pointed out, Syracuse has no bad losses. So quadrant three and quadrant four, SU's nine and zero. Oh. They have no great. bad losses. So when you're looking at how do you make a case for Syracuse to get into the NCAA tournament right now, that's at the top of the list. No bad losses. They play a very challenging schedule. The RPI loves Syracuse. SU's RPI loves right them. now is yeah. thirty four. Um, they do have a couple of wins away from home. They need to add to that total, no doubt. And they need to pick up some some ranked opponents. Like they need a signature win or two on the resume. But on the quality or on the positive side, rather, they have, you know, no bad losses and, and they don't really have the true quality wins. So that's what they need to work on. Like if they beat Virginia and Clemson, they're in. Well, yes. You within know, like, re- I mean, they can't lose everything else, but yes, no, within but, reason. But, you know, if, if they, you know, and. and 
what you said about the quadrant one and two thing and three and four, I find interesting because right now, if you look at the numbers, they're 41 in Kempom, 34 in, in RPI, right? So um, technically, they would be a quadrant one game at ho- for a team at home um, in uh, in the RPI, but they're really like that quadrant two, right? They're they're that swing range of of one and two. So don't the numbers bear that out? Where they're going to beat the teams that are worse than them. That's quadrant three and four. They're going to play those teams really well that are about the same as them in that same swing range of one, of, of one and two. They're four and three in those games, right? They're four and three against quadrant two. Um, and, and then they're going to maybe struggle a little bit in those games against quadrant run, one. The games that they've lost in quadrant one are Virginia, Florida State, uh, you and, know, Kansas. They, and Kansas. So... They they aren't just playing you know borderline fringe quadrant one teams. They're playing the top of the top. The thing that kills you when you look at this resume though is and everything you you just said is, is right on. No bad losses. They they've struggled in quadrant one against really good teams, but everybody does. The thing that kills you when you look at quadrant two and the losses that fall into that category. Bonaventure by two in overtime. Notre Dame by two where the Irish had no business winning that game and Wake Forest playing without its best player for most of the night. And and Syracuse gave away all three of those. And that's what kills you when you look at this resume is that if if one or two of those games are now in the win column and you're five and two in quadrant two or six and one, now all of a sudden you're solidly in and, and you're not sweating anything out. The fact that they gave a couple of those away now puts them in a position where Again, they've they've got a lot of work to do, and, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, on the positive side, another positive when you look at this resume and the upcoming schedule, they only have two games right now that fall in quadrant two or quadrant or quadrant three or quadrant four. That's at Pitt tomorrow, and then Wake Forest at home. So those two become games you absolutely cannot lose, and then you truly won't have a bad loss on your schedule right. if you win those two games. You will be eleven and zero. Against quadrant three and quadrant four teams, you will not have a bad loss because everything else that's is one or two. Sell- that's the, the best the selling point for SU right now. The best selling point and the best argument you could make for Syracuse right now is they haven't lost to anybody bad, right? They have not lost to anybody who's even remotely bad, except for Wake Forest, but that game was on the road, right? So they don't have any losses that you look at and say, wow, that's terrible. Like, they have no losses outside the top 100, and, you know, Wake Forest at 93 is the worst loss. And when we're looking, and we'll get into this later in a little bit, but when we're looking at um, the other bubble other teams, bubble teams and, and I've got the numbers here for Ken Palm, uh, you've got teams that lost to Drexel at 226. You've got teams that lost to Ohio at 202, Niagara at 221, and Syracuse's worst loss right now in Ken Palm is Wake Forest at 93. So... Right now, their best selling point is we haven't lost to anybody. And the best part about that is that they only have two more chances to mess that up, and they have a lot of chances to get that quality win. Virginia, North Carolina, Clemson, Duke, Louisville, Miami, all coming up in the next two months. They can If they can pick up two before the ACC tournament, they're probably in good enough shape. Syracuse has 11 games remaining in the regular season schedule, seven of those are against Quadrant 1 opponents, including the last five before the ACC tournament. Miami, 
Carolina, Duke, BC, and Clemson all fall into quadrant one again because BC is on the road. Miami's a road game. Duke is a road game. It's a very difficult schedule. But when you talk about having the opportunities, like some of these teams that are considered bubble teams, and again, we'll get to that as the show moves along. Have no chance. Some of these teams have no ranked opponents left on their schedule or no chances for quality victories. Syracuse has seven in its last 11 games to pick up quadrant one victories. So, again, two-part question. Do they pass the eye test? I think we could debate that all day. Do they pass the numbers test? Right I, now, the numbers are favorable for very favorable I think for so. Syracuse. They might not pass that test yet, but like you could With very easily. With an RPI of 34. But, and no, but, but what I was going to say on the resume, like the RPI and the Kempom, they pass it, right? Like like RPI, if you're at 34 in the RPI, there's no reason you should be passed up. The one an, thing that's lacking is a signature win, win yes. like a, you beat a Virginia yes. or you beat Louisville at Louisville. Or, it, it, that is well, the they're going to do it next weekend. So I, I know you're, you've been calling <laughs> your shot for weeks now. But that is the one thing that is truly lacking on this resume is right. they beat them and they're really good, so therefore Syracuse must be really good. But it, everything else across the resume and the numbers right now indicate that this team is trending toward an NCAA tournament team the eye test is very up and down yeah no the eye test you can go back and forth and i think that we will continue to go back and forth because the eye test on any bubble team you can go back and forth right i mean did you watch bonaventure did you think they were a tournament team probably not i mean they didn't look great but they've got some good guards they've looked really good uh one that we were surprised about south carolina we were like they've beaten some good teams they've looked pretty good um they're like not even in the next four out in, in Lenardi's bracket right now. You know, I think you can do that eye test thing with any team that is on this list that we've got. 315-437-7644. We're going to take our first time out. We'll get to your phone calls next. Keep it here. Orange Station rolls out right after this on ESPN Radio. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved to the phone lines, we go. Dom and Syracuse kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Dom. Hey, guys. Three quick hitters. Uh, two of them are on point. One's off point. Okay. Um. First, you said, uh, is Syracuse, do they look like a tournament team? They look like a tournament team. I'm not sure that they are a tournament team. I don't think there's enough season left for them to, uh, enough regular season left for them to correct their, uh, to build enough of a resume. Um, One of the things that you guys said, the second one, one of the things you guys said was, all they needed to do is pick up two wins out of the, what, last seven yeah, they've got seven quality opponents, quote-unquote quality opponents left. So if they went two and five in those games, I mean, they, their resume so would look a heck of a lot better. And four, well, four of well, them are at home. Here's the problem with that, guys, is that it's at the end of the season and you are going to lay five losses for the world to see right before Selection Sunday. That's not exactly what you want to show oh, the but world. If, but I if you're losing to losses, Virginia and Duke and North Carolina, that's not the worst thing in the world. I'm not talking about who they're losing to, but just the volume of losses. If you're looking at a resume and when teams lose, losing at the end of the season, especially if you're on the fence, losing at the end of the season is not the time to do it. That's why I'm saying two wins isn't enough. Three, maybe 
war. It really hurt. Hey, it really hurt in 2016 when they lost all those. Don, let me games. let me let me throw this out to you, and and I understand what you're saying. I mean, you're going to be sweating it out if you only get two of those. But say you go two and five. Say the two are against BC and Clemson. Like that's very doable. BC on the road, Clemson at home, very doable that Syracuse could win those games, and they win the other ones. Pitt, Georgia Tech. Wake Forest, NC State. You're 9-9 nine and nine in conference play in the toughest conference in the country. Uh, again, the computers are going to like Syracuse if that's the case. And they have no bad losses, and they went 11-2 and two in non-conference. I, I think that's a pretty legit I, resume. I think we need to see where Boston College ends up. You know, let, let, let's see. Um, seeing what I saw the other night, you know, maybe they just had a bad night. I'd like to see where they end up at the end of the season before I call them a quality win. That's a fair point. Um, I was just going by the numbers. I mean, that's a fair point. But I, I just, as the numbers stand right now, that would be a quadrant one win. Right. So, I mean, if it holds true, then that's fine. But I'm, 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 I'm reserving judgment on that one. Okay. One last, one last thing that's kind of off topic, and this is the, uh, the UConn investigation. How far have the mighty fallen? I use UConn. I mean, we've all used UConn as a sort of measuring stick for Syracuse. We're programs that at one time were neck and neck. Since the whole conference realignment thing has happened, just to see how far UConn has fallen uh, in terms of national recognition. Um, now we've got a recruiting violation against Kevin Ollie. It, it's just a, a shock to me how not just the basketball program, but the entire athletic department, how far they've fallen. Uh, you you wanted you, you said earlier on you want to take a high level look at things. Take a look at that. That's, it's just amazing how far in in such a short period of time those two programs have separated from one another. I appreciate there, guys. appreciate checking in, Dom. Um, they cheated and haven't been good, which I find amazing. There are a few things. Listen, I'm not right about everything, but there are a few things that I've been spot on about over the course of doing this show for the last several years. Uh, Johnny Manziel was was at the top of the list. Everybody clamoring how good he was going to be in the NFL, and from day one, I said no. He, he's not. He's not going to be a good NFL player. I'm going to claim victory on this as well because as soon as realignment took place and Syracuse and Pitt went to the ACC and and UConn went to whatever conference that you know the American Athletic. Yeah, I said. Let's wait three, four, five years. UConn is is going to fall way off. Can I and add that's one, exactly what has happened? Can I add one to the list of things I don't think you'll be right about? Okay. If they go two and five in that seven games and only beat Boston College and Clemson, I don't think that's enough to get in. Well, again, they, think, they would have to go to the ACC tournament and no, and, I, and do their thing. No, they have to win a game or I, two. Yeah, no, but I I think that getting Boston College as one of those isn't enough. I think they have to beat. Virginia, North Carolina, Louisville, Miami, Duke. I, I think they've got to beat one of those. I don't those. think it matters. I think you got to get to, in my opinion, you, if you're 500 in this conference, I think that's good. Again, couple that with an 11 and 2 non conference schedule. Yes, in couple the, that with in no theory, bad losses. That should be go good to enough. the ACC yes. tournament, win a game or two. I, I think you're. I think that's enough. So I personally don't think it matters. You get to nine, however you get to nine, and that's the easiest way to get to nine. You know, you talk about SU football. Yes. Well, just win the games at home, and you get to you know six and six, and you go to a bowl game. The easiest way to get to nine is take care of the teams you should beat, and then beat Boston College and Clemson. And then you go no, to the ACC right. tournament you're with right. two straight wins. and You're right. That is the easiest way to get to nine. I just think that you would really be sweating it out if you're oh, nine. Yes. If you're nine are BC twice, Pitt twice, Georgia Tech, Clemson. 
Would you uh, feel better if Virginia, Virginia Duke? Tech? Yes. Yes. Of course you would feel better. I would feel better. better with one of them. I, th- I think I think nine and nine is enough at the end of the day. And we have to see what the bubble looks like. Right. I think nine and nine, couple that with the non-conference schedule and no bad losses, I do think that that would be enough. Uh, let's get another phone call in. Uh, Kevin and Poppy is up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Kevin. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Um, I want to apologize for my voice. Um, I'm still recovering from the game the other night. It's uh, good. Um <laughs> um, big picture. Uh, love that question. Um, I think there's a couple of things that we may have going on our side for us. Um, we've got a couple of guys that weren't able to get to the tournament last year. Um, a couple of our leaders, Frank and, and Tyus. And, uh, I think that they're going to come up with their leadership and they're going to, they're going to boost this team enough to give them the energy and, and lead them through the rest of this. They've, they've been through the bubble. You know, they, they're, they're probably feeling the pressure already. Let's, let's face it, they probably look ahead and see the schedule they got coming too. And, you know, most of the time, um, it, it's not a successful season if you don't get to the NCAA tournament, right? So, Correct. Uh, I think that um, I think those guys are going to lead this team through. Now, is it going to be close? I think it might be close. But we've got 11 games left. Um, do you agree that if we get the 20 wins overall that probably we're in? I would say typically, and, and that's always been my thought, but um, I, I, I guess you never know. If you're at 20, I think you never know. I've always thought 20 wins gets you in. Well, that's, and gets- that's always been my mindset, but... Like I, I just I'm not sure. Twenty after, is after nine seeing, and nine. After seeing the last couple yeah. of years, I just don't know. Yeah, twenty will get us to nine and nine. So we got to go six and five. And you know, if we can make six and five, and maybe if we're lucky, seven and four. Um, Plus I, the I ACC think, tournament, I think they can do that after the way they looked the other night. Um, I think they're getting it together. Um, they might be close games. I think. We all know that we're going to be in close games most of the time. Um, but I think that was um, something for us all to really hope on, the way they beat Boston College and by so much the other night. And I think they got a chip on their shoulder with Virginia coming into town. Let's take down number two. Yeah, Well, that would certainly be the signature win that SU's looking yes. for. Kevin, we appreciate you checking in. Yeah, I think 9-9 nine and nine gets you to 20 wins overall, 500 in this conference, I think that gets you in. And I understand what you're saying, Seth, that you would feel better if you had a Virginia or Duke on your resume. Absolutely. Can they still get in the tournament with nine wins and not have one of those big boys? Again, yes. I, th- I think it can, depending on the bubble. Yes, because they haven't lost one of those bad games. Right. right? Like, like, don't lose tomorrow. Don't lose to Virginia Tech. Don't lose to Wake Forest, uh, to Georgia Tech, sorry. Don't lose to Wake Forest at home. Right. That would be a bad loss if you lost to Wake Forest at home. Don't lose one of those three, and maybe you can get in if your wins are if your quadrant one wins are Buffalo, Boston College, and Clemson. And let's Otherwise, face it, I don't think that's enough. And let's face it: if you're nine and nine in this conference this year, the way everybody's beating up on each other, what are you at the six or seven seed going into the ACC turn? I mean, something maybe you like can that? avoid. You can avoid. I'm just saying, Virginia like you're, in the second you round. want to be in the upper half of the conference, yes. And if you're Absolutely. nine and nine, you are—I mean, you're borderline, but you're probably just on the edge or in the upper half of the ACC conference. So I think nine and nine is enough. We do need to take another timeout. Back after this on Orange Nation.